Welcome to the new video series called Me to Be Teamer. I'm here with Kristen and we are going to talk to Morgan all the way in Japan. Hello. Hey. Okay, so I had this idea actually going through your Instagram story and you would post all these really interesting Japanese foods or just landscapes and I was kind of, I had so many questions and I wanted <laughs> to get on a chat with you anyways, just myself. And then I was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to just get to know you more? Yeah. Yeah, ironically, I'm here in Israel, you're in Japan, and Kristen is in California right now. So we're on all sides of the world right now. Yep. <laughs> what time is it by you, Morgan? Exactly 6 p.m. And it is exactly 11 a.m. here. And what about you, yeah. Kristen? It is 1 a.m. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> ironically, like, I look like the morning, and Morgan, you look like the night right now. <laughs> I've already had a whole day. <laughs> and I'm, I'm having my coffee. <laughs> and I went to bed and woke back up. <laughs> so how did you discover the Bobby Bones show and how long have you been listening? I discovered the Bobby Bones show. They came, I feel like I was like a lot of listeners who I had a radio show that I listened to when I was driving and their radio show went away and Bobby came in with his cast and took over and I was like, what the heck? That was my radio show. Like, who the heck is this Bobby Bones? But I think that, what year was that? 2014, maybe? And I started listening. And I was like, well, I don't have anything else to listen to. So we'll just give it a try. I was driving to work super early some mornings. Um, so it was nice to listen to. And I started listening to them. And I was like, wow, they're actually really funny. Like, and it wasn't as we all know, is not like a normal radio show. You feel like you're talking to friends or listening to friends and you get to know them and you feel like they're family. And I fell in love with them. And I, everywhere I went, I was like, I have to figure out which, what radio station they're on. I was so nervous moving to Japan because I had never listened to the podcast before. And I was like, how in the world am I going to listen to them when I'm in Japan? Then I found out that I could listen to the podcast and I was so excited. You know, you can listen to it on iHeartRadio also. I know. Yes. The only thing is with the time difference in Japan, it's not, you know what I mean? Like it's, it would be really late at night for me to listen to them live. So wow. we just stick with the podcast, but I was so excited. I was like, thank God I can take them with me to Japan. What are some segments that you like the most about the show? I love all the games that they do. That is one of my absolute favorites is playing along um, with the games Honestly, like I know, I know a lot of people say this, but there, I don't think there's a segment that I don't like. Everything that they do is so, even if it's something that I'm kind of like, nah, that I'm really, that was weird in the beginning. I always catch on to it. And I'm like, that was awesome. Like, I love that segment. And now I'm kind of like, they you know, they rotate things out and I'm like, wait, can we bring that back? I like that segment. They stopped doing the what's the haps. And it's really funny because I actually hated that when they started doing it. I was like, that's so stupid. And now I'm like, Hey, what's the haps? Can we bring it back? <laughs> what is your experience like with the Bobby Bones show in your life and how has that affected you? Um, so I was in a really bad car accident in 2015 that left me with a lot of anxiety and specifically driving anxiety. I, you know, I couldn't work through it. I was on medication for a little while. I got better, but we moved to Japan and it was such a different, crazy experience. You know, in Japan, they drive on the opposite side of the road. So having to relearn, not relearn, but learn how to drive kind of all over again. And all the other things that we went through getting here, we were actually in another car accident two weeks after being on island. That triggered and brought back a lot of my driving anxiety to the point where I didn't want to drive anywhere off base. I only wanted 
to be on base where I felt safe. I didn't want to go out in town with the locals. They're crazy drivers. <laughs> and I was having just a really hard time driving. And I started listening to the Bob Bone Show. I found it through the podcast. I started listening to it and listening to that while I was driving and having something that was so comforting that reminded me of home and helped to ease my anxiety and make me feel like safe and like I was okay and I was driving with my friends like that really helped me and I'm totally fine now but I like that is like that truly was such a saving grace for me to have them during that time how did you figure out how to be on the other side of the road like how (laughs) it um it's challenging at first because um you're you know you're when you turn you're used to turning into a certain lane and it's tricky it really is for me personally I practice on base I for the first couple weeks after we got into the accident I only drove on base I practiced to where I felt safe then I took it out in town because I you know I had I had to leave base we lived out in town at the time so I had to leave that area and you just kind of figure it out you go slow and you take your time and you're constantly thinking left side left side left side like There are so many times too, like once you first start learning that you are not in busy traffic, but you might sometimes be on the wrong side of the road and you're like, oh crap, you have to like get over it. Like, so it's, it's hard. It's challenging. One thing that I found that helped me remember is like when you're driving down the road and there's that dividing line between the lanes of traffic, knowing that that, that line is closest to you. Like when you're driving, that line is closest to you, not far away from you on the passenger side. That was one, one cue, like, um, (laughs) visual cue that helped me remember that I was on the right side of the road. Are you still on the same side of the car? No, opposite side. So I drive on what would be the passenger side for you guys. And one thing that really would always screw me up for the longest time are the, um, the turn signal and the windshield wipers because they're Mm. opposite. Mm. Oh, (laughs) so for the longest time, I would go to put my, my uh, blinker on and I would put on the windshield wipers. I'd be like, like so flustered, like, (laughs) or, you know, vice versa. So yeah. (laughs) How did you find the beeping group? Um, actually I was listening to the Bug Bone Show and they talked about how there was a Facebook page that was so super positive, unlike their Facebook page, which is very negative. And, um, they gave out the name of it. They're like, if anybody wants to go join, you have to answer some questions and then you can, they'll accept you or whatever. I'm all about the positivity where you can get it. And Facebook is such a negative place, especially right now that having a positive page on Facebook that you can go to and feel safe and like you don't have to worry about negative comments is so reassuring and comforting so I was like yeah I'm gonna get on that plus with a group of people that love Bobby Bone Show like why wouldn't you join that (laughs) yeah Morgan number two she does such a good job on her page and it's such a shame like when I watch the live videos I love being on their their page too but then it's it kind of ruins the the comments kind of ruin it I feel bad for her because she does such a great job yeah so you already told us that you're currently in Japan, but where are you originally from? Because you said the state. Yes. So I am originally from, I claim Maryland and Virginia, Southern Maryland, Northern Virginia are the two places that I claim. And I miss them so much. I miss the mountains in the fall and all the things. What took you over to Japan? Uh, my husband is military. So we we're stationed here. Just to clarify. So there's mainland Japan where there's Tokyo and the things that people normally think about. We're actually on Okinawa which is a small island off of Japan it's about a two-hour plane ride from mainland 
um, just a fun tidbit because some people don't realize that Okinawa is its own little island and not like part of mainland Japan. So that's very cool. I didn't realize it was so far off of the mainland. I knew it was yeah. an island, but I didn't realize it was a two hour plane ride. Yeah, it depends like which way you're going. I think going there it might only be an hour and a half, but I think coming to Okinawa is like two or two and a half. It's, you know, the wind speeds and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then how long have you been there? We've been here for two and a half years and we are leaving soon. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you did to come home? Yes, we will be back in the States. So you said that you are on an island. So what is yeah. that? What does your surroundings look like? So I feel like a lot of people hear island and they think just like beaches and, you know, everywhere. And there are tons and tons of beaches obviously when you're surrounded by water but I think that a lot of people have kind of um that's all that they see and the interior of Okinawa I think is very different from what people would think it is um these buildings that people live in they have to we get we have a whole like six months out of the year that is typhoon season so we get typhoons which if some people don't know it's the exact same thing as a hurricane it's just called a typhoon because of the ocean that it's in on a tiny little island a big typhoon is you know it's a big deal so a lot of these buildings that people live in restaurants businesses they're not aesthetically like appealing they're concrete buildings that look worn down like they're not pretty and a lot of people I think get here and they're like shocked it's funny how like each place is built based off of what they need you know what I mean right like yeah and I think that like I said a lot of people I think just think beaches and they just almost I feel like people imagine like resorts and like you know all the fancy type things and it's it's not like that like it's like if people drove through on the streets I think they would be honestly shocked at what the buildings look like here because it's lots of concrete bars on windows like it's it's different than I think what a lot of people would imagine I imagined Aruba <laughs> right and I think that's what people do because you hear island and that's what you think but it's it's not on the inside like interior like I said on the interior it's not like that there are some gorgeous resorts and some gorgeous places but the entire island isn't that it's a like I said it's just these houses and buildings have to be able to withstand 100 mile per hour winds if not more than that you know what I mean so they have mm -hmm. to be built strong to be able to handle that are you surrounded by mostly Americans or Japanese people like what what kind of people are you around mostly so we live on base so all of our neighbors are Americans but when we first got here we actually lived off base for a year we had two American neighbors but the rest of us were Japanese local Japanese people we actually lived right next to a nursing home so tons of Japanese people. We didn't really interact with them too much. Um, there wasn't really ever really a chance to do that. But um, right now, mostly American people. When I go off base or even to the, um, the stores on base, most of those employees are Japanese locals. So we get that kind of interaction, like I said, going off base to restaurants or grocery stores or anything that we do off base, obviously we're coming into contact with locals and yeah. So off base, mostly locals, on base Americans. Right. And you said that um, on base, most of the people working are Japanese, but where, what kind of jobs do Americans who live there do? Um, so it's mostly just military bases. So a lot of the, there's a lot of just military jobs. I don't know what all that entails, you know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever military people do, that's what they do. Um, any other jobs that like um, spouses or, or civilians might have, um, which they're hard to come by out here. The um, I think there's some kind of deal or negotiation where the Japanese people, um, they get 
some in some ways get priority because we do take up so much of their island that um, we have to supply them with jobs, which one makes a hundred percent sense. You know what I mean? It is. It's hard to get a job out here as a spouse. It's not. Um, it's not easy. And that's one thing I'm looking forward to going back to the states is having more job opportunities. What are some of the biggest day-to-day differences you experienced in Japan versus America? One of the biggest things I think is um, Americans don't realize how good they have some things. And um, you definitely get that out here. There's a a lack of convenience, um, at least for Americans living here. I can't speak to the locals living here. Things might be different for them that they have access to that we don't. But for us, like, we don't have a lot of food delivery services. We do from the base, but when it comes out in town to restaurants that we would prefer to eat at, there aren't delivery options. So there's one company that does delivery, but it only services a certain area. That kind of stinks. Um, getting Amazon packages and you know, in the States, you can get them two days, a day, few hours. You know no. what I mean? Here, <laughs> here, we literally don't get packages less than seven days from Amazon which is Mm -hmm. totally fine. It's not a big deal to wait seven days, but it's the convenience of it. You guys, you know, in the States, there's so many different, there's so many conveniences that just aren't here. I was telling my husband, when we get back to the States, we're going to have to ROM. Oh, sorry. We're going to have to quarantine. And um, he was saying, well, we're going to have to break quarantine to go to the grocery store. And I was like, no, Walmart delivers groceries. Amazon delivers groceries. Instacart (laughs) or whatever. Right. I was like, and we've we've forgotten about those things because we don't have those conveniences out here. Um, Apple Pay, I mean, phone pay, like when you would put your phone on there, all those things not existing. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, Japan has amazing technology that we don't have in the States that I wish that we did. But those little conveniences, like I said, being Americans here, we don't have that stuff. Now, the Japanese might, I don't think that they have grocery delivery or things like that, but they probably might get their Amazon packages a little faster than we do. One fun fact about driving and conveniences and things like that, they drive so, so slow here. They go by kilometers, not miles per hour. So like the fastest that the fastest speed limit on island is 80 kilometers, which I believe is about 65 miles an hour. Wow. So it's really slow. Obviously, you can go over that. But I mean, that's the fastest it gets. So on the main roads that we travel on, it's like 40 kilometers, which I think that's why I looked up. And it's like 30 miles an hour. And it's so funny to drive on these roads. Sometimes I'll be speeding. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going so fast. I need to slow down. And realistically, I'm going like 45 miles an hour. What about, um? you said kilometers. Do you, do you also do like meters and um celsius and all that stuff yes yeah so all the temperatures are in celsius crazy no yes yeah and it's yeah yeah all of our um well when we lived off base all of our a um our air conditioning units were based on celsius and i'd be like okay and i have to go on google and like like um what's it called Every I have time. To convert it yeah and I'd be like okay what is this what is 20, what about kilos? 20 degrees celsius <laughs> what about kilos I don't know that's a good question because I don't really shop at the off-base grocery stores too much so I'm not positive what they weigh in yeah we when I got pregnant and had a baby like I gained quite a few kilos but I didn't really <laughs> care because I didn't know what it was in pounds so I never converted it over <laughs> so to me I'm still as thin as I was before <laughs> What are the ways that you stay connected uh, to your American lifestyle? So Facebook is, like I said, it's huge. Like, honestly, like 
that's one thing I can't wait to get back to it in the States. I don't have to be on Facebook as much, but Facebook is like such a connector out here for everything, not even just for people in America, but to make friends out here in general, it's Facebook. You're posting literally ads for yourself on Facebook, like looking for friends that are like this, like, and you literally mm -hmm. add yourself up to like make friends. It's Facebook. I keep in touch with family through that way, posting pictures. I'm not really that good about it, but Facebook, Instagram, text message, FaceTime. We normally do FaceTime, not phone calls, but FaceTime, text messaging. Um, but it's challenging with the time difference, having to figure out a good time to call. And it's um, Japan also doesn't do daylight savings time. So when you guys do that in the States, it doesn't, it just adds another hour that you guys are behind for us. So it's like when it's in that time, having to be like, okay, now they're this many hours behind and not this. So like having to figure out all that stuff is really confusing. But once you get here and you get it down and you figure it out, it's a little bit easier. Yeah, it helps for me to have like a clock with like all the different times like New York, yep. London, like Texas, California, yep. Israel. Yeah, definitely. I think the states, the East Coast, I think is normally 11 hours behind us. But then during daylight savings are 12 hours behind us, I think is what it is. What is something that you can't do, do in Japan that you can do in America? In Japan, you cannot have a single drink of alcohol and then get into your car and drive these sobriety the um what is it called the blood alcohol content levels here are so low that even just having half a beer or one beer or one glass of wine and you get pulled over you will be arrested and put in jail so what really sucks is going out with my husband on date nights or things like that only one of us can drink because someone has to be sober to drive and they do do breathalyzer tests on base every now and then they'll do um, random sobriety tests. So it's not like you can be like, well, we'll just wing it and see what happens because they could be at the gate waiting to breathalyze you. And if you blow, like you get in big trouble. So I'm really looking forward to when we get back to the States being able to go out and have one glass of wine at dinner with my husband and still be able to drive home. Yeah, I think the 0.08%, whatever, that whole thing seems to be American because when I told my husband that, he was shocked that people were allowed to drink and, and, and then go in a car. But, you know, yeah. here also, it's not, you can't drink a cup of wine and then go. Yeah, I'm not sure crazy. if we do or don't, but... So what is it like living in a country with a different language? And is it hard to communicate? Um, do you speak any Japanese or only English? Uh, I speak super basic Japanese, you know, like, hello, good morning, good evening, thank you, excuse me, sorry, you know, basic things to help me get by. I can say, well, I can say credit card. I can ask them if they take a credit card, but that one's super <laughs> easy. You just say cardo. That's hard in Japanese so super easy but um a lot of them and it's funny because you know I go to lots of like the convenience stores like Lawson's and Family Mart which is basically the same thing as a 7-Eleven and they speak to me in Japanese like I know what they're saying it's so funny and it's inclusive and I love it but they literally speak to me in full Japanese ask me questions and I'm just like no, thank oh. you. You know what I mean? Like they, they do, I will say they do a lot of gesturing out here if they don't know how to say it in English. And like, you know, we get by a lot of them don't, I don't think that a lot of them really, I don't think that they know a super, well, let me credit them. They know a lot more English, I think, than we know Japanese. I think that this, that their culture is very much about learning multiple languages and Americans, I don't, they're not. So, um, but I mean, we get by with gesturing. I can talk to, like I said, I can say 
all the basic things I need to. And um, I did try to take a Japanese language class when I first got out here. It didn't really work out with the meetings that we had to do when we first got here. I went to one class and I didn't get to go to any more. And I wish that I would have, but their language, honestly, it's so complex, just so different that um, I don't think that I would do well <laughs> learning it. Like I, some of the things they say, I'm like, and they speak so fast so I'm like what's it what like mm -hmm. but I have been trying to learn a little bit more every now and then so I just learned over the new years how to say happy new year and I hope you have a good year and things like that at least you've learned a little bit <laughs> I know it's nice I'm nervous that when I go back to the states I'm gonna, like say thank you in Japanese to Americans and they're gonna look at me like Okay. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> have you found a favorite food while you've been in Japan Okay, so I love sushi. I loved sushi before I came here, but it's so much better here because we're on an island. It's so fresh that it's just, it tastes so much better because it's fresh. Obviously the super cheap $1 packets of ramen at, that you get at the grocery store. But what is it, the top ramen or whatever? You know, yeah. I've had those, but I never had real ramen. And it honestly took me over a year of being here before I tried it because I kept trying to get my husband to go with me. And he's like, no, I don't like ramen. I'm not gonna go do that. I was like, okay, fine. So I finally went with a friend and it was amazing. I really do love ramen. I feel like I'm a little bit obsessed now. I buy like the frozen ramens from the convenience stores and those are so good. Like you would think like frozen, like, but it's their food here is such a higher quality than it is in the States. They care so much more about their food, their presentation, the things that they put into their food that it's just better it's their mcdonald's is better their every it, everything their starbucks is better starbucks? everything that they do i feel like they take so much pride in we do have starbucks yeah <laughs> yeah we have um we have japanese starbucks and they do um specialty drinks like you know how like we have in the states you know for the seasons they also have different seasons that are different specialty mm -hmm. drinks um so yeah it's pretty cool to get to see what they have but yeah the food like i said they just take so much more pride i feel like in their work that their their stuff is just better like it it really is and I think I'm gonna miss that when we get back to the states yeah. I mean I think you don't realize the quality level of American food until you leave America and you're I like know. what in the hell have I been eating my stomach doesn't hurt anymore all the time <laughs> I know and I've been gone for what like a year and a half now was the last time I've been back in the states I'm nervous I'm like it, I have all this excitement for like Chick-fil-a and all the things and I feel like I'm gonna get back and be like this is trash <laughs> get rid of your excitement I went back to visit I went to Chick-fil-a I went to Wingstop I went to Raisin Cane's three times I went to uh Whataburger I went in eight days I went to literally every place it was very disappointing so get it out of your head that you miss those foods you miss the convenience you miss the hype of it but once you, you taste real good food it's I know yeah. I'm so jealous Japanese food is my favorite and I want like real Japan Japanese food now yeah like, I'm so jealous and I did just try soba for the first time for New Year's because here it is a tradition to eat soba on New Year's Eve as like um like bringing in the new year, it's like their meal and it's supposed to, um, it's like a good, it's like for longevity and long life. And um, so we actually did soba this year. That was the first time I had it. And that was really good too. And I was like, why have I not tried this when I'm out soon? Like it's, they're just noodles. They're like thicker noodles in a bra. I don't know if, I don't know the technical difference between that and ramen, but I will say their noodles are thicker than ramen noodles. Mm. <laughs> I think you can eat soba cold too. I think you can have it hot or cold. 
I live abroad now, so I understand this whole yeah. like living abroad. And Kristen misses miss, miss to travel. <laughs> so I love this traveling. is also for us. I love going to different countries and I'm always looking for like my next place. Like I literally got back from Indonesia and a month after the country closed for COVID. So I'm like, we were planning our next adventure and then like everything shut down and I'm just like, no, I need to go somewhere. We've been here for two and a half years and it was an adjustment getting here. We had a hard time to say the least. And um, that first year we didn't travel anywhere. We just stayed here. I went back to the States twice for weddings that I was in or that, um, that I was a part of. Not a part of, it was for my family. I'm sorry, I'm like confusing my words. It was for family. There were weddings for family. Um, so I was part of them in the audience, you know. But anyway, <laughs> I went back twice for weddings, but we didn't go anywhere we didn't travel anywhere besides to the States. And we were just kind of trying to get settled and get our bearings, come to terms with living in a new country. 2020 was supposed to be our travel year. That was our last full year here. We were planning to go to all the places. We we're going to go to Bali, Thailand, New Zealand, Australia, like all the places. And literally three months in, they were like, just kidding. You're not going anywhere for the rest of your life. And I was like, huh, okay. Cool. So we went on, we went on one trip to mainland Japan. We went to um, Osaka, which is where the Universal Studios theme park is in mainland Japan. Um, We went for my birthday in 2019. And that was the only trip that we took to mainland. Um, We did Osaka, we were going to do Kyoto while we were there, but it was so much to see that we felt like we needed more time than what we had. So we only stayed in Osaka. And I greatly regret that now. I wish that we would have just bit the bullet and just been tired and just taken a trip to Kyoto because we're probably not going to be able to go anywhere before we leave here. So we're definitely, I think, regretting taking so much time to settle in. But at the same time, we needed that time. You know what I mean? It's everything worked out the way that it was supposed to and you know we'll get over I'm sure we'll be back in Okinawa at some point so we'll do it all at some point for sure I know exactly what you mean I've been here two and a half years never traveled ever yeah what is it like to do normal errands like grocery shopping go to the bank go clothing shopping like I'm assuming it's different than here in the states so actually we're very fortunate to have all those things on base it's very Americanized. So we get a lot of this very similar American products here that we can in the States with our, um, our commissary, our grocery store, our exchange, which is our, like I said earlier, it's kind of like, I guess like our target, a cheap man's target. And, um, we don't have to go out in town to go grocery shopping if we don't want to. I will say the grocery shopping out in town, the, um, produce is so much cheaper than on base. The price is on base for, produce are absolutely insane like a pack of 10 strawberries for like seven dollars like it's insane so I'm really looking forward to going back to the states and not having to pay so much for produce but out in town it's a little bit cheaper difference wise I feel like it's not too different shopping off base than it is anywhere else except for obviously the currency is different you pay in out in town it's yen it's not U.S. dollars Their shopping carts are a lot different. And I think that it's honestly because I feel like us Americans, we buy so much stuff, even stuff that we don't necessarily need. So we have these big, huge, deep shopping carts. And here, their shopping carts are like these little teeny tiny things that you literally take a basket 
and put it inside and that's your shopping cart. So basically a basket, like if you were going in Target and just getting a few things and grab the basket, that's like what they shop with. That's their shopping cart. When you go to a store in America, the shopping carts are like gigantic because everybody's buying like a 12 pack of things. But when right. you're in different countries that are more minimal, like they get, oh, what do we actually need? They write a list, they buy what they need. That's it. Right. Kitchens I hear are so tiny. They don't have a lot of cabinet space. They don't have a lot of counter space. Their refrigerators are tiny. Like they're not full size refrigerators. A lot of them are just slightly bigger than a mini fridge so that is probably why their shopping carts are so small because if you got a big giant shopping cart you can't even fit all that in your refrigerator anyway so kind of makes sense now that I think about it but yeah what are some cultural differences between America and Japan they out here think that it's really rude to record people they're really big on privacy so recording and taking pictures of people's faces without permission is like a big no-no even like even in public places you're not really they don't really like that I don't think that a lot of them are super weird about it out here but um Sometimes, so like when I'm recording on public, I try not to get people's faces. Like I'll move the camera like up over people's heads and like- I bet less people go viral. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, They honestly, so when COVID happened and they made us start wearing masks, that was not something that was new to Japanese people. Japanese people wear masks all the time um, before COVID was even a thing. Um, I know that in mainland, some of them wear masks because of the air pollution um, or they'll just wear masks if they're sick or if they're in a public area where they can't, where they have to be close to people. That was always part of their culture before COVID. So I feel like COVID with them, like they were like, okay, so we have to wear a mask. You know what I mean? Like they were already used to that. Whereas us Americans are like, you're infringing on my rights. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just crazy. The dip, the, the cultural differences you know that we have like it's they're used to that they're literally they have children out here wearing masks they go to school wearing masks like that was a thing before covid was even a thing um so driving out here you don't honk your horn like you don't do that so um if you honk your horn it's actually considered really rude and you should only honk your horn if you're literally about to be hit like if you're about to be in an accident that's the only time you should honk your horn so literally, if you're sitting at a light and it's green and they're not going, you just sit there until they realize it's green and it's time to go because honking your horn is very rude. Um, another thing that I had to learn is like, you know how like when you get over into a lane and then you like wave to the person for letting you over. So here, instead of doing that, they put their hazards on as a way of saying thank you for letting them over. Which I thought was really cool when we first got here. We were so confused. We were like, why the heck is everybody keep putting their hazards on when they get in front of us? Like, is there something wrong with our car? Like, we were so confused. Yeah, oh God, we learned, like, right, we learned that was their way of saying, thank you for letting me over. I picked up on that myself, actually. We we're driving, and I was like, why do people keep doing this? So I started paying attention to it, and I was like, it seems like every time I let somebody over, they put their hazards on. That mu- They must just be saying thank you for letting me over. So I then I talked to somebody else. They're like, oh, yeah, that's how they say thank you. So um, I think that's really cool. Um, and I feel like I'm going to go back to the States and just randomly put my hazards on. And people are going to be like, what the hell? Like- so if you come back to the States and you pay attention, that's how truckers say thank you as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause my, um, I have a few truck drivers in my family and uh-huh. that's a thing with truckers too. I don't oh, know okay. if regular cars do it in the States, but it's a thing I- with truckers over here. 
Yeah, I've never seen people in the seats do that. But I will say that another thing that they do out here, which I thought was really cool, it's like if they're and maybe the truckers do do this in the States too. But if you're going through a light and there's a really big truck in front of you to where you can't see if the light is turning to red, they'll put their hazards on if it's turning red when they're going through it so that you know it's red and you can stop so you don't blow through that intersection and get hit. So I don't know. Oh, I've never seen semi do that. They yeah. don't care. I know. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like, it just happened today when I was driving um, this big truck, like I said, I couldn't see the light past their thing and they were going through and they put their hazards on and I was like, oh, okay, the light's about to turn red. And I stopped at the light and it was red. You know what I mean? Like, it's so nice to oh. do that because otherwise I would have blown through that and probably been smoked by a car. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think we should bring some of this stuff back to America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're called cool. meeting in the Senate. <laughs> they're a very, very polite culture, which is something I've learned too. So they, they, they bow like if I check out at the at the um, convenience store and I'll say "Erikatukusaimas" and they'll you know they'll and they'll bow and I feel like and I bow back because that's just respectful and it's what you're supposed to do and I feel like I'm like I said, I'm gonna go home and be like thank you and like bow and people are gonna be like what's wrong with her? <laughs> <laughs> if but yeah, they're very polite. If you're a tourist and you bow back, is it considered rude? No. Okay. No, I don't I, think so. I think, I think that the Japanese people are so polite that they really do just like any kind of effort to know their yeah. culture, to speak their language, even if you do it wrong. I think I was just telling um, Hadasha before we started, I was like, um, when I first got here, we were at Natori and I was walking past these women trying to get to the bathroom. I said, oh, sumimasen, which is excuse me. And they looked at me and they, they laughed at me and I was kind of like, oh. Okay, but I found out later on that Japanese people laugh as a compliment or if they're uncomfortable. So it was probably more of a compliment. And I think that a lot of times when I go out in town, if I say something, people will go, oh, and they'll, you know, they'll laugh, but they, it's like, oh, she's cute. She's trying. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they really do appreciate any kind of effort to, to know their culture, to know their language. When I learned the, um, I went through the gate and I said that and she was like so caught off guard she laughed and she was like oh ha, and I was like oh okay yay someone said it back to me I was so excited but she was like really caught off guard because I think like I said a lot of people don't take the time to learn their language and when they do I think they're just kind of like wow you know what I mean right especially because a lot of the Americans are together you know in when yeah. you're overseas it went to your question Kristen like if you're an American and you're trying to um, participate in other people's cultures people can take it as an offense if you do it in a way mm -hmm. that you know as ignorance or things like that but but being abroad um, in my personal experience like when you make an effort well I mean here they do laugh at you whatever but they do appreciate the effort um, and they 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 like like you said they like that you're actually giving a crap about being mm -hmm. part of their world yeah, if I had to take a guess I don't think all the countries have that offended culture where like they're easy easily to offend here it's not like that you know so you don't have to always wonder like if they, if yeah. they don't like what you're doing they'll just like you know but they won't be offended by it mm -hmm. I think we have such an offended culture that it's like it's in our brains that then right. we go other places and we're like oh we're gonna offend them because uh -huh. we would be offended you know I find myself yeah. always apologizing I'm always apologizing please think I'm so sorry like I don't and they're like stop apologizing like you're fine I'm like okay I'm sorry <laughs> do you, are you nervous Morgan about going back to America and like like trying to not say the wrong thing like did you 
being away from that for so long? I am nervous to go back just because a lot of the things obviously that are happening in our country right now, I haven't witnessed any of that stuff firsthand and I'm nervous because I don't really know what I'm coming into. I have no idea what I'm coming into. I'm nervous. We're going to, um, it's going to be, a, I feel like a learning experience kind of all over again. I'm nervous to be away from, you know, I, okay. I had such a hard time getting here that I'm like, I'm so ready to leave this place. I don't care. I want to go home. I want to see my friends and my family. I need Target. I need Chick-fil-A. I need these things. But now that it's getting closer, I'm kind of like, ugh. Well, I'll give you one piece of advice that I'm trying. I have, I'm experiencing the same thing as you. One, one advice I give you that I'm trying to give myself is that the same feeling that we felt going to our new country like that feeling of like how ooh, like what is this new comfort zone this new norm like it's so, it was mm-hmm. crazy like I don't know about you but I was anxious I was so yeah. nervous well we're kind of at the other end and we made it right. we made it in a whole other world and we it became normal to us in a sense so now the same way we're going to go back and it might not it might not be easy but it will get normal at some point yeah I'm definitely like I said I'm nervous but at the same time I'm so excited for new scenery new places new adventures Mm -hmm. and I am so excited to be back on the same time zone as some family members but also only three hours behind others like it's I'm so excited for that I'm so excited for a five-hour plane ride to the east coast versus a 24 plus hour plane ride to the east coast I'm so excited for $500 plane tickets instead of $2,000 plane tickets like I am I'm so excited for family and things like that, that I'm trying to just not think mm-hmm. so much about the other things. Things have been working out really well for us getting set up with our next place. And um, I think I'm just trying, 2021 is the year I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting positivity oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and I am not about the negativity. Things are gonna be awesome. I'm excited. We're gonna have great adventures. It's gonna be amazing. And I don't care what's going on in the country when it comes to my positivity and my my joy that I plan to bring into 2021, my growth. Morgan, you yeah. might agree with me when, when how nice it is to not understand the language of the news, the local news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like not a lot of stuff happens here, but um, at the same time, I don't speak their language. So maybe all right. this stuff is happening and I'm just oblivious to it. You know what I mean? Like it's, right. it's, it's different. And I think it's going to be a lot harder to tune that stuff out when we get back to the States, but not un- impossible. You know what I mean? Like I said, positivity, manifesting positivity. It's going to be great. Oh, we're yeah. going to adventure, actually, we're gonna explore, we're going to be happy. It's fine. <laughs> that's awesome because that actually leads into my the last two questions. So okay. I'll take the first one. Kristen, you get the next one. Mm-hmm. So um, I want you to leave some words of wisdom that you had based on your experience. So um, the first thing would be, what would you advise someone else who had to move across the world or move to a different country I mean specifically country but it also works for different states or different places like what what have you learned that you can kind of uh, give advice to someone else um so I'm going to take a page from Bobby here and say that change is hard it's always hard and you're going to be uncomfortable but you're not growing if you're comfortable so growth and all the things are going to be in times when you're not necessarily comfortable. The exploring, finding new things, finding new purposes, things like that, they're going to happen. Um, 
just give things time and you need to give a lot of grace to yourself because when you're moving to a new place, it's hard. Like for me, I moved across the freaking country. I had to leave my dog behind. I left my family behind. I had three, I have, sorry, I have three siblings who are all like high school and lower who I left in the States, you know, like that's hard. I'm missing out on really important years in their life and that's challenging, but I'm now an adult. I have to move on with my life and I have to figure out my normal, my new ways. And it really helps to find friends find common friends, whether they're in the same state or not, they don't have to be in the same place that you are. They can be across the world. They can be across the country, wherever they are. But having that support is really big. If you need extra help, like therapy, finding somebody that you can talk to is a big factor here. I didn't find a good therapist until we had already been here for almost for a year and a half, I think. And I feel like if I would have had that from the beginning, I would have found happiness a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's, something that you, that's something that you need. Finding therapy, there's nothing wrong with that. Finding somebody that you can talk to and help you, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, even if you're literally just going in to say like, I had such a crappy day because they didn't have strawberries at the grocery store. Like having somebody to vent to and talk about, uh, talk about things, it's so important. Like I said, giving yourself grace and time to settle, time to grow, time to find your routine, your purpose, your passion, your reasoning for things. It's totally fine. I feel like it's been almost three years and I feel like I'm just now starting to find my purpose and my passion in this world and um, just being positive. Going into things with a negative mindset is going to get you negative results. Like I really just truly feel that. And I feel like I suffered from that a lot getting out here. I was really negative and I was like, things are just not going to go our way. And they didn't, they didn't go our way. We had a really hard time getting here and finding our groove, finding a thing, finding something that was comfortable for us. So going into things with positive mindsets, I'm not saying it's always going to give you a positive outcome, but you have a positive reflection when you look back on it. How do you find the positivity when you're thrown out of your comfort zone and in a new place that one's hard for me really it's been therapy like I can't first thing like I I can't cut down Mm -hmm. like I cannot minimize the importance of that enough like it or um, I can't minimize the importance of that it's so important for me it really was finding that healing traumas and things like that for me I felt like for me to grow I wanted to grow and I did feel like a lot of things were holding me back from finding that positivity and um staying positive and just growing in general getting into therapy and healing some of those traumas opened up so much room for me to grow to be positive I would not have this mindset of manifesting positivity if it wasn't for being in therapy because Mm -hmm. I would still be stuck in my rut and in my traumas and in my negative brain telling me you're not good enough you can't do this you're not you know what I mean getting out of that is hard but also getting out of that is amazing it's enlightening it's glorious and wonderful and all the things that I can say about it Um, but also finding positive positivity and friends finding something that makes you feel comfortable like I said when I first got out here and I had a lot of driving anxiety finding the Bobby Bone show Um, again, you know, rediscovering it through the podcast gave me so much comfort and really helped me just feel calm. Rewatching The Office and New Girl and Friends, those are comfort shows. So finding ways that you can find comfort in a new place is really important. Whether that's like a TV show, a book, a pet, your significant other, 
those things are all so crucial when you're going to a new place. You have to have such a good foundation in some area that you can feel somewhat grounded enough to keep yourself positive. I love that. That's, I Me mean, too. that exactly what people need to hear nowadays. Cause you know, people think you have to go through a trauma in order to need to go to therapy, but guess what? We all went through one recently and moving to a different country is a whole shock to your system. That is a trauma. Like you're, it's not maybe like the same as others, but it's your whole body shifting, your whole mind shifting. All of a sudden you're just used to one thing and now you're in a different one. Yeah. And actually, um, something that Amy has said recently with her therapist about big T's and little T's, big traumas and little traumas. I actually brought that up to my therapist and she was like, Oh, absolutely. And she was like, and you know, some things in your life are big to you. She said, I, she, and she told me, she's like, I would say for you moving to Okinawa was a big T for you. You went through a lot. Like your car accident is a big T little, you know, other little things. Um, they're little T's, but like, it's funny how when you sit down in therapy and start going through these traumas that you might've had, putting them into those categories or even seeing how those things have, have impacted you in ways that you didn't even know. So it's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's funny to see those things and you can finally start to break them down when you talk to somebody like that and, you know, be like, Oh, that's, that's why I'm that way. Or that's why that irritates me or something. Um, I was talking, I went to therapy today and I was talking to her about my dog. When he gets anxious, it stresses me out. So like when he does certain things, when he's pacing or when he's panting, those repetitive noises trigger something in me and it makes me irritated. And she was saying that it's because she was asking me why I feel that way. And I was like, well, I'm frustrated because I can't help him. I don't know what's wrong with him. He can't talk. So I'm irritated because I can't help him. And then those noises trigger me and I just get angry. And she was like, well, it's a loss of control. And that's a big part for me is loss of control. Being in that car accident, I had a loss of control. You know, I had lots of times in my life where I, I did have a loss of control. So that she was like, that's why you get irritated with him because you can't help him. It's a loss of control. You can't control the situation and it makes you irritated. So like, you know, little things like that. And you're like, huh, you know, it makes you say yes. things like, oh, that makes sense. Makes sense okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, so instead of getting upset with him, try meditating. I was like, huh. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's cool to yeah. find little things like that and be like, oh, that actually makes so much sense because I feel like when you can understand yourself like that, when you can understand your traumas and your quirks and your tics, you can understand yourself so much better and fix those, not necessarily fix those things, but you know, help them, make them better, grow them, improve them, you know, whatever you need to do. We can go through something a million times in our head and go, this doesn't make it any sense and you say it one time to a therapist and they're like oh well that makes a lot of sense and you're like yeah. well how did you get that after two minutes yeah absolutely yeah that's why they have the degrees and we don't <laughs> oh yeah we think we do we're always diagnosing people but I know mm -mm. all right well yeah. I do appreciate that you came and talked to us I'm sure I know I've enjoyed this so much yeah, too. I could go on for hours <laughs> but um it really shows the way you talk the way you say your story shows how well articulated you are and how much you are passionate about having positivity in uncomfortable situations and I think that's very unique to, to you and I, I hope that we can get to know each other more aside from this and learn more about the things because I know when you experience different cultures you learn a lot of lessons and that really yeah. helps to pass it along to people that aren't you know they're mm -hmm. in the same place you know what I mean yeah Absolutely. I really yeah. appreciate you and I appreciate Kristen 
time to go to sleep. I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kristen. Thank you for oh, being here, though. <laughs> oh, oh I, she told me, and I was like, I, I want to learn about Japan. So I was like, I'll get back up. It's fine. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, thank you for being part of the B Team group and yeah, for sharing our passion in the Bobby Bones show. Who knew that there's so many people that can think the same way? It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It, it really is. But it's so uplifting at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, the whole world isn't so bad. <laughs> I know. Morgan, have a great evening. Thank Kristen, you. have a great night. And I'm going to go have a great You go have a great afternoon. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. It was good talking to you guys. Bye. Bye. Guys. <laughs>